those of us in here, this is our last lesson in this book. If you don't have a book, I've got one extra if you need it. So let me know if you need one. I've got one extra. Anybody need one? All good? We've got some teenagers in here today. Joshua went to Kansas to help the Smith family. And so he's not here today. Anyone else need a book? I got one left. All right. Austin, come on back in. We're going to be in here today. Austin, I'll give you this book. Austin, you can have this right here. We'll be on the last lesson, page 25. All right. And then if uh, you want to turn to 1 Kings 22, that's where we're going to be. And maybe someone has a Bible memory verse you want to try out on us today. Shrita. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. John eight thirty two. Okay, anybody else? All right, Joyce. All right, very good. Janie. All right. All right, good. Ephesians 4.15, that was last week's verse. All right, anybody else? Kevin. All right, the tongue, the tongue, no man can tame. All right, very dangerous, the tongue. Anybody else? Good, all right. Well, Kevin, come on up here and you can distribute this among the others that said a verse today. And the rest of us, we're going to go to page 25, lesson 6. It's your turn to tell the truth. Someone told you the truth, and that's probably why you're here today, because you're a believer and have the truth of the gospel. And so it's your turn to tell the truth. Isn't that the case? I mean, isn't that the truth? Uh, If it wasn't for the truth, we wouldn't have anything to talk about. And if it wasn't for the truth, we wouldn't be different. And now it's your turn to tell the truth. There's so much error in the world. Let's tell the truth. And we're going to read the story about a guy. I really like him. He's, uh, he's kind of a hero of mine. And uh, he, he doesn't have a great life according to worldly standards. But he's a great man. And heaven still records him. And uh, I guarantee you he's got a mansion on uh, Main Street somewhere in heaven. And uh, we're going to read about him just now here in First Kings chapter 22. And uh, let me start by reading from the book. This is the time for courage. Thank you. This is the time for courage and boldness. We are living in a world that is filled with knowledge, but is missing the truth. Isn't that the case? Lots of knowledge out there, but not lots of truth being floated around. In 1 Kings 22, we find the alarming account of King Jehoshaphat making an alliance with the wicked king Ahab. Jehoshaphat was a good guy, and Ahab was a wicked guy. Ahab and Jezebel were two of the most notorious people in human history. And Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, was a wise, wiser king. He was a godly king, but he did something foolish. He unwisely hung around Ahab. I don't know why he was even there. It's just silly. Um, and so uh, Jehoshaphat, he goes and visits with Ahab, and they're, they're hanging around each other, I guess because he thinks he's a king and Ahab's a king, and you know they're closely connected that maybe he should hang around, but that's no excuse. And I want to encourage you not to hang around people that are a bad influence on you and and if you have a friend whose wife's name is Jezebel, you need to get a new friend. And First uh, Kings 22, it says, And they continued three years without war between Syria and Israel. 
It came to pass in the third year that Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, came down to the king of Israel. And the king of Israel said unto his servants, that would be Ahab, Know ye that Ramoth in Gilead is ours, and we be still, and take it not out of the hand of the king of Syria? And he said unto Jehoshaphat, Wilt thou go with me to battle to Ramoth Gilead? And Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, I am as thou art, my people as thy people, my horses as thy horses. That was dumb. Uh, he shouldn't have said that. Uh, everything I have is yours. Uh, I think that, you know, we're, we're just, in, we're connected. We're unified. Verse 5, but then Jehoshaphat said something that was smart. It wasn't smart for him to be there, but at least he had enough sense to say this. He said, under the king of Israel, Ahab, in verse 5, inquire, I pray thee, at the word of the Lord today. I don't know, maybe Jehoshaphat was just naive and dumb enough to think that Ahab prayed to God. Verse 6, then the king of Israel gathered the prophets together, about 400 men, and said unto them, shall I go against Ramoth Gilead to battle, or shall I forbear? And they said, go up, for the Lord shall deliver it into the hand of the king. He's got 400 prophets, and every one of them said the same thing to him, to Ahab. Verse 7, and Jehoshaphat said, eh, something just doesn't sound right. You know, and uh, he said, verse 7, is there not here a prophet of the Lord besides that we might inquire of him? Um, is there not another prophet of the Lord besides these 400? Not that 400 isn't enough, but I'm just wondering if maybe there might be somebody else out there besides these guys that, obviously look like yes men who get fed by you and are going to tell you exactly what you want to hear and there are a lot of yes men in the clergy today and uh so verse 8 the king of israel which is ahab said unto jehoshaphat there is yet one man micaiah or micaiah the son of imla by whom we may inquire of the lord but i hate him <laughs> For he doth not prophesy good concerning me, but evil. Well, there's a reason for that, Ahab. (laughs) And Jehoshaphat said, let not the king say so. Then the king of Israel, Ahab, called an officer and said, hasten hither Micaiah, the son of Imlah. And the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, sat each on his throne and having put on their robes in a void place in the entrance of the gate of Samaria. And all the prophets prophesied before them, all the other 400. And Zedekiah, the son of Chinnah, made him horns of iron, one of these prophets, and said, Thus saith the Lord, With these shalt thou push the Syrians until thou have consumed them. So one of these prophets made these horns of irons like an illustration and said, You're going to, just like this, you're going to push the Syrians, and God's going to bless you. Ra ra ra. Verse 12, And all the prophets prophesied so, exactly the same, saying, Go up to Ramoth Gilead and prosper, for the Lord shall deliver it into the king's hand. And so the 400 are really... Um, working up Ahab and encouraging him to go because that's what Ahab wants be careful of the preacher who tells you what you want to hear verse 13 and the messenger that was gone to call Micaiah spake unto him and these messengers usually were eunuchs all right and by the way it doesn't say for sure but I get the impression you probably would get the impression that Micaiah probably is somewhere on location because it didn't take him too long to find him And King Ahab said, go get him, as if he knew where he was. Where do you think he probably was? What? He's probably in jail. He's probably, I mean, if you you hate him, if you're the king and you hate somebody, just stick him in a dungeon where nobody can hear him. All right? And so this eunuch messenger comes and calls Micaiah. And notice what this, this wimpy guy says to Micaiah in verse 13. 
he spake unto him, saying, Behold now, the words of the prophets declare good unto the king with one mouth. In other words, all the other 400 guys said, said exactly what the king wanted to hear. Let thy word, I pray thee, be like the word of one of them, and speak that which is good. Now, good according to who? According to what Ahab wants. All right? Verse 14, And Micaiah said, As the Lord liveth, what the Lord saith unto me, that will I speak. Whatever God gives me to speak, that's what I'm going to say. And I'm sure the messenger is kind of rolling his eyes like, Oh boy, you're just going to go right back where you came from. Verse 15, So he came to the king, and the king said unto him, Micaiah, Ahab says, Micaiah, shall we go against Ramoth Gilead to battle, or shall we forbear? And he, Micaiah, answered him and said, Go and prosper, for the Lord shall deliver it into the hand of the king. So Micaiah, he, he agrees. He says, yeah, go. Good idea. Go ahead. And uh, is it back? Is it back? All right. And so Micaiah says, yeah, go ahead. Now, obviously, Micaiah is being just a little bit sarcastic here. I, I think it's kind of like this. I, I'm just going to use my imagination. I think he probably put his hands in his pockets. I don't know if he had pockets, but he probably put his hands in his pockets. Sure, go ahead. Do whatever you want. I like what somebody said to me years ago, Matt, do whatever you want. You will anyway. That's probably true. And he answered, said, go and prosper, for the Lord will deliver it into the hand of the king. And, 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 and here's what you got to love. Ahab knows this guy well enough to know that he's lying, that he's not telling him the truth. Because he knows if he told him the truth, he'd tell him what he doesn't want to hear. So verse 16, the king said to him, how many times have I adjured thee that thou tell me nothing but that which is true in the name of the Lord? So he's mad at him for telling him what he wanted to hear. There's 400 guys that agree with him. But he know, he, he's not, by the way, he's not mad at the 400 guys. You know why he's not mad at the 400 guys? Because he knows they're a bunch of liars. He knows they're a bunch of paid hirelings. But he expects Micaiah to tell the truth because that's what Micaiah is. By the way, I, I wish I could be there. I, I, when I get to heaven, there's lots of movies of, of the Bible I want to watch. I want to see it replayed, you know? And I don't know if they have a theater, but if they do, I want to see this one replayed. I want to see this scene because I have a feeling you got this dusty, dirty, grimy, probably been in a dungeon. We don't know for sure, but probably. I'm sure not well-treated, probably not well-dressed. He comes walking into the courtroom rocking into the courtyard, and here's these 400 guys that have probably been well taken care of, and they're all standing to the side, but it's obvious everybody in the entire room is respectful of that guy. You know why? He tells the truth. He lives to tell all Israel scattered upon the hills as sheep that have not a shepherd. And the Lord said, these have no master. See, see, I told you, told you. He only tells me what I don't want to hear. Well, that's because you told him he's where God is there. And the host of heaven is standing by him on the right and the left. Story. And one of the angels, spirits, standing there said, said this, another manner after, and said on that manner, and verse 21, there came forth a spirit and stood before the Lord and said, I will persuade him. And the Lord said unto him, wherewith? And he said, I will go forth and I will be a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. And he said, thou shalt persuade him and prevail also. Go forth 
and do so. This is very confusing, but let me just say it this way. God uses lying spirits. I'm not saying God's a liar, but God uses Satan. God does not do really do battle with Satan as much as he uses Satan. You read the book of Job. Satan thought he was getting the best of Job, but God was just using Satan to teach to teach Satan a lesson and also to prove Job. And I don't know who this spirit was, but he was a lying spirit. And he 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 said, I'm going to go and I'm going to convince him. You know, I don't know how to explain all this other than to say that the Bible says in Romans 1 that God will turn you over to a reprobate mind. And you will believe lies. See, Ahab was already a reprobate. He was already so anti-truth. He knew what truth was, but he is anti-truth. And he hated God, and he hated anything that had to do with God. And he killed, and he, his wife killed all the good prophets that they could find, or, or threw them in a dungeon. And God, God used a lying spirit that was willing to go and lie and, and fool Ahab. Now, when Micaiah tells this story, who is he implicating has the lying spirit? The 400 guys standing right there. Okay? Verse 23, now therefore behold, the Lord hath put a lying spirit in the mouth of all these thy prophets, and the Lord hath spoken evil concerning thee. You see, Ahab, you're a liar. Your life's a lie. You faked a whole story, you and your wife did, and killed Naboth and stole his vineyard. You're a dirty, rotten scoundrel, and God knows it. And God has put a lying spirit in these reprobates over here who pretend to be preachers, and they're not. And they tell people what they want to hear. And so he's put a lying spirit into them to lie. So the guy that made the horns, remember the guy that made the horns and said, you're going to have victory. Verse 24, but Zedekiah, the son of Chenineth, went near and smote Micaiah on the cheek. That's what godly men do. They walk up and just punch him right in the face and said, which way went the spirit of the Lord from me to speak unto thee? Was it God's spirit that just told me to punch you? No, not what? No, it wasn't. Verse 25, Micaiah said, behold, thou shalt see in that day when thou shalt go in an inner chamber to hide thyself. Micaiah says, you'll find, you'll see him one day. The God that I, that I serve, you're going to meet him someday. Verse 26, and the king of Israel said, take Micaiah and carry him back into Ammon, the governor of the city. So it says back. So it gives me the impression that's where he came from. Take him back to Ammon, the governor of the city, and to Joash, the king's son, and say, thus saith the king, put this fellow in the prison and feed him with bread of affliction and with water of affliction until I come in peace. And Micaiah, here's his last words. And Micaiah said, if thou return at all in peace, the Lord hath not spoken by me. And then he said to everybody, hearken, O people, every one of you. And that's it. <laughs> Micaiah says, if you come back alive, then I'm, then I'm a false prophet. Listen up, everybody. And then he walks out of the room. Don't know if he spent the rest of his life in that prison or not. I, do, I know where he is now, though. The guy is in heaven waiting for us. So, 29, the king of Israel and the Josphat, the king of Judah, went up to Ramoth Gilead. And here's what happened, and I'll just paraphrase it. Um, they went to battle, and you can guess what happened. Ahab died, just like Micaiah said he would. Just like God intended for him to. And Ahab, you know that Micaiah's words are in his mind because Ahab did not go to battle with horns, you know, rah, 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 beating a drum. As a matter of fact, Ahab said, 
hey, Jehoshaphat, I got an idea. How about you dress up like a king and I'll dress like a regular soldier and that way they won't know I'm a king. Now, if I was Jehoshaphat and I had half a brain cell, I'd say, that doesn't sound like a good idea, especially since they just said that the king's gonna die. But Jehoshaphat's not very smart, but God's protected Jehoshaphat because Jehoshaphat wasn't the problem. He just hanging around the wrong people. So So Jehoshaphat dresses up like the king and the Syrians see Jehoshaphat and they think it's Ahab and they start chasing him. And Jehoshaphat cries out, it's not Ahab, it's me, Jehoshaphat. And he's screaming like a girl, ah! And so they stop chasing him and they start, where's Ahab? They're trying to find Ahab, the king of Israel. That's who they really hate. And in the middle of this, some Syrian, he probably just learned how to shoot an arrow yesterday. He pulls the bow back, goes, boom, and lets it go. And the arrow just, and hits Ahab. I mean, Ahab, the disguised one. Ahab slumps down in his chariot. The blood starts to ooze out into the chariot. Eventually, they bring the chariot back to the city, and the blood oozes out of the chariot under the ground, and the dogs lick the blood of Ahab, which is exactly what the prophet said would happen earlier in the book. Now, I love Micaiah. I love Micaiah because it didn't matter if you're going to throw me in prison. I'd rather stand here and tell you the exact truth than to be like those idiots over there, those lying prophets. Listen to me, we're in the day of Ahab and Jezebel. Do you know that? We got Ahab and Jezebel's living in Washington, D.C., all right? It's time for preachers to stand up and tell the truth. Did you know that the Southern Baptist Convention just voted for some liberal, I don't want to go into it, but anyway, it's, the Southern Baptist Convention was a mess a long time ago, but they just proved it this week. We got so many lying prophets and so much false, false preachers out there giving false hopes and false messages. And the good guys are hated. And you know why they're hated? Notice what it says back there in verse number eight. But I hate him. Why do you hate him? Because he only tells me the truth. That's why. Because everything he tells me is something that's bad for me. Actually, it was good for you, Ahab, if you'd have just listened. He doesn't prophesy evil because he hates you. He prophesies the evil that's coming on you because he loves the Lord, and you don't. And so... One man, Micaiah, dared to stand up and tell the truth. He warned the wicked king Ahab that this battle would end in his death, but the king ignored his counsel. Every other human being who will not hear and heed the truth will also be dead. What our world needs more than anything else is to be told the truth. See, I'm like Micaiah. I believe that I'm going to live forever. And uh, right now I might look look I'm a loser because, you know, I'm the one getting arrested and taken to the prison and and uh, probably to rot there in prison until I die. Boy, that looks like a loser, doesn't it? But guess where Micaiah is today? And guess where the 400 prophets are probably? Guess where Ahab and Jezebel are? So uh, I'm like Micaiah. I know that I got plenty of time. And one of these days, the people who hate me for telling them the truth will realize I told them the truth. It might take 100 years, but they'll, they'll finally figure it out. And I have to tell truth and be a preacher of truth. That's what we're supposed to do. And not just me, but all of us are to tell the truth. Hosea chapter 4 and verse 1 is a great, is a great verse. And here's what it says, Isaiah, Hosea 4.1. Hear the word of the Lord, ye children of Israel, for the Lord hath a controversy with the inhabitants of the land. Why does he have a controversy with the inhabitants of the land? Because there is no truth. And when there is no truth, then there's no mercy. Because without truth, you don't get mercy. So there is no truth, nor mercy, 
nor knowledge of God in the land. How sad. Because truth stopped being preached and taught and believed, there was no more mercy. And because there was no more mercy, there was no more knowledge or understanding of God in the land. And this is where we are as America today. Because there is no truth, there's no mercy and no knowledge. Most people living in these perilous times are ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Second Timothy 3.7 tells us that in the last days perilous times would come and people are learning, but they're never coming to the truth in all their learning. Christ promised us in John 8.32, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Knowing the truth is what sets us free and gives us freedom and peace in God. Do you know the truth of Jesus Christ? Our Lord declared when he was brought before Pilate. I want to turn there in John 18. This is a great passage. John chapter 18. John 18. Jesus is standing before Pilate. Verse 33. Then Pilate entered into the judgment hall again and called Jesus and said unto him, Art thou the king of the Jews? Jesus answered him, Sayest thou this thing of thyself, or did others tell it? thee of me. Pilate answered, I am, am I a Jew? Pilate really wasn't a Jew. So he said, am I a Jew? Am I supposed to know this? Thine own nation and chief priests have delivered thee unto me. What hast thou done? Jesus answered in verse 36, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight, that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from hence. Jesus said, if my kingdom wanted to rescue me, they could. But my purpose is to die on the cross, and so I'm not going to resist this. This is all part of God's plan. God's put a lying spirit into these Jews to crucify me, just like in the Old Testament. It's okay, because it's all part of the plan. Verse 37, Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world. Why I'm standing here today being judged and getting ready to be nailed to a cross is why I was born. And for this cause came I into the world that I should bear the witness unto the truth. That I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. If you have an honest heart, do you understand what I'm saying? If you're of the truth yourself, you can hear the voice of God. It's amazing. This, this next thing that Pilate says is shocking. Think about this. Pilate saith unto him, what is truth? as if he didn't know. There's so many people out there that don't think there is truth out there. I think there's a lot of people out there with so much power and money and yet they have no clue what truth is. They've lived a lie their whole life and everybody around them are liars. And Pilate, I think, is an example of that. He says, what is truth? And you know what's really shocking about that? He's staring at truth right in the face. I mean, I think Pilate died and probably went to hell. That's what I think. And probably in hell, he, he has to realize that I stared truth in the face. What is truth? And so to this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. The, the truth is, is not what others say it is, but what God says it is. You know, the Bible says that the word is truth. Thy word is truth. Someone said this, God is not who you think he is. God is who he says he is. Beware of people who think they know who God is. Understand that the only way we know who God is is by the word of God itself. 
Someone asked me yesterday, how do we know what is, what is truth? Well, you have to believe the word of God. Well, how do you know which is the word of God? Study it and find out. Figure it out. The word is truth, and so you can be sure that Satan wants to put counterfeit out there. He wants to confuse. But when you know the truth, it will set you free. That's what the Bible says. It will make you free. And so God isn't just what our imaginary, our imag- left to our imagination. He is who he says he is. It doesn't matter what you think or want to believe. It's what the word actually says. So let's look at these points today on page 26 and 27. We must tell a lost world the truth. You, you and I, you realize this? You and I will meet the flaming eyes of Jesus Christ at the judgment seat. One day we will stand before God, just like Pilate stood before Jesus. We're going to stand before God. And the Bible says in Revelation, there'll be eyes of flaming of fire. And we're going to stand before him and stare him in the face at the judgment seat and be held responsible for telling the lost world the truth. And shame on me for watering down truth when I should have been just bold and direct to the point about truth. Not lying and not compromising. Yes, some have heard it and rejected it, but so many have never heard it. God holds us, those of us who know the truth, accountable to tell the truth. It's an inescapable responsibility. Just earlier this week, we were over in the reservation, and I was talking to a man who wanted to tell me that, you know, all these different ways to God, but Jesus said, he is the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come unto the Father but by him. It's our responsibility. Mark 16, 15 says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Here in Custer, we have people all over the world coming right to our town. Are we preaching the gospel to every creature? Are we recognizing the responsibility we have to tell the lost world the truth? Secondly, we must speak the truth in love. And we talked about that last week, but we're going to look at it again. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 15. Ephesians 4.15, like Janie quoted a minute ago, says, but speak the truth, speaking the truth in love. That's what we're supposed to do. We're to recognize that this world is a mess. They've been lied to and they want to believe a lie. And we need to make sure that when we tell them the truth, we don't sound like we want them to go to hell. We want them to know truth, but if we just sound like we want them to be damned then then that's not speaking the truth in love when you see what jesus said and you read the words of jesus even when he was talking before pilate and he knows that pilate's about to just go ahead and, and sign his death sentence he still spoke with love towards pilate he still was compassionate and and explained to pilate who he was and, and let pilate know that he was not guilty of anything if we take the kind of stand that God wants us to take, then the world's going to say, you people are ridiculous, off the wall, and out of touch. You've probably got family members or neighbors or friends or someone that has said, you're a cult. There's people sitting in here that their parents have said to them, you're a, you're a cult. You go to a cult. You're brainwashed. Hey, you know what? All I got to do is read the news once in a while, and I know who's brainwashed. You're a cult. You're brainwashed. And they attack the creation and the conscience. That's what, that's what they're all about. Uh, they believe in evolution because they want to. Not because evolution makes any sense, but because it erases the truth. So prepare yourself. Some of your own family members are going to say things that are going to be unkind. 
They're going to say things that are going to be hurtful. And you know what? If you love them, even if they're unkind to you, your friends, family members, coworkers, strangers, you still have to speak the truth in love and, and to let them know that, you know what, you're the one that's in big trouble. And Micaiah, even though he was salty, he let Ahab know. And in fact, did you, did you, did you catch what Ahab was irritated with? Micaiah, you always tell me the truth. I can count on you to tell me the truth. Now tell me the truth. Micaiah had a, had a reputation with Ahab that Ahab actually respected Micaiah. Ahab knew that Micaiah would love Ahab more than himself. These 400 guys didn't love Ahab. They told Ahab exactly what he wanted to hear. But Micaiah was loving to Ahab enough to tell him exactly what he didn't want to hear, knowing he'd end up in prison for telling him it. You tell me who loves the most. That preacher's so nice. He just loves more than anyone, other pastor I've ever had. You sure about that? But speaking of the truth in love, C.T. Studd, one of the great missionaries that we have a vacation Bible school story about every so often, said that of his parents' influence and his conversion, I would, could escape my father's logic, but I could never escape my mother's tears. Speaking the truth with tears. Many of us are telling the truth, but we are not doing it with the love of Christ like we ought to. Let us speak the truth in love. I, I'll just say it this way. What if they have a Democrat T-shirt on? You know, Sanders, Biden, whatever. You know what? They need the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't, don't get all wound up about stuff that's just going to... We need to make sure we speak the truth in love. And I'm guilty of it just like I'm sure maybe others are of getting ourselves in the flesh and forgetting that if it was Jesus, he would still speak to them in love even if they were filled with error and lies. Romans chapter 1 verse 16 says this, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God and salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as is written, the just shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. They hold it back. They resist it. Because that which may be known of God is manifested in them, for God hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. I get frustrated with an evolutionist and an atheist. It's like, come on, you're, you're, you're going to look out and, and you're going to look out here outside here and tell me that that just evolved. Come on, you want to believe that? That doesn't make sense, and you know it. They're without excuse because that verse twenty one. When they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory and the, of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man, to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the Creator, who is blessed forever for this cause god gave them up into a vile affections and our our desire should be that we don't want someone to be given up and we should we should even say that look i love you enough to tell you the truth because i don't want god to finally say that's it i've given them up to file affections and they're reprobate mind and they're like ahab and jezebel they're cursed and so speaking the truth in love it means to love the unlovely. 
uh, Frank got bit by a dog the other day. But Frank didn't kick the dog or yell at the owner. I'm not even sure if we know who the owner was. But, you know, you go out and you share truth, knowing that you're not going to be treated nicely for it all the time. But you know what? Neither was our Savior. But he loved anyway. He loved the Apostle Paul when he was still Saul, the persecutor of Christians. So we must tell the truth to the whole world. We have to speak the truth in love. And thirdly, the most importantly, finally, the best part is we have to do like Micaiah. We must walk in truth. Third John 4 says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Walking in truth is different than just telling the truth. This is where a lot of pastors blow it big time. They preach truth and teach truth, but they don't walk in truth. And this is where Christians blow it as well. We know truth and we have it in our head and we can tell people, but then we aren't honest in our daily walk in our routine with the Lord. You know, just recently I <clears throat> I made a profit on something. I bought something and then when I resold it, I sold it for more than I bought it for. Is that a profit? Is that an increase? What does the Bible say we're supposed to do with our increase? What? Tithe? Yeah, but no, I mean, it's not my routine weekly paycheck. No, but I made an increase. Who's going to know? God's going to know. Walk in truth. If we're going to be honest, if I'm going to preach and teach on tithing, I better live it. How about that? You think, anybody here agree with that? I hope so. We're going to be honest about, about our, our, our walk. We're going to have to walk. And so this Micaiah, when he walked into the courtyard, all eyes were on him. Because there's the guy that doesn't matter if he has to live like a pauper and live in a dungeon. He walks in the truth. He tells the truth. Even the messenger said, would you just fudge it once? Just, just once, would you just don't rock the boat? Because he's known to just, no, whatever the truth is, I have to say it. Walk in truth. If we're going to be effective, we must walk in truth. Do, you, do your talk and your walk agree? Your walk talks and your talk talks, but your walk talks louder than your talk talks. You do not have much of a testimony if you're talking the talk, but not walking the walk. You can talk about going on visitation, but it's different when you actually go. You can pray that, Lord, please help others to get saved. But if you're not going... You didn't do any walking. Boy, I tell you, some of us did some walking this last week. 100 degrees Monday, walking. But you know what? It was a blessing. It was a a blessing to me. It was encouraging. But we have to walk the walk if we're going to talk the talk. And, And when Micaiah was brought into the king's court, he was more respected than the others because he walked in truth. And Ahab knew it. This guy is for real. These 400, and and Jehoshaphat knew it. He looked at these 400 and said, something wrong here. But hopefully you can recognize a person who walks what they talk. They walk the truth. People know what kind of man you are. They know if you are just talking the talk or walking the walk. You need to stand up. Time's running out. It's your turn to tell the truth. You know, I... I, uh, I'm glad that I have always had a part-time job or done things on the side because it helps me to remember how to relate to all of you guys who work a job. And if you work a job, 
and you work with other people or for other people, stuff happens. Right? I mean, it just, it's just lousy. And uh, if you're like me, there's been a time or two where it'd just be a whole lot easier to just tell a little white lie. But it wouldn't be the truth. And we have to walk what we talk. I was thinking about the preacher who's, whose sons found a dog. I told you this before. And there was just these three little white strands of white in the tail. And uh, they, they loved the dog. They wanted to keep the dog. It was, but then about a few days later, the owner of the dog shows up and says, hey, someone says that they think you have my dog. I've lost him. I'm trying to find him. They said, well, can you describe him? He said, well, he's, he's solid color except for his tail's just got three little white strands in it. And the, the father went in the back and plucked out those three strands and then came out and showed the dog and said, nope, I don't think this is your dog. There's no white strands. That father might have kept the dog for the boys, but he taught those boys an awful, awful lesson. And that happens a lot. I think we have a president right now who has a lousy son because he's not a truth teller, a walker of truth. He's not the only one. We got, we got him all over. We got him writing Custer. Listen, we have to be truth tellers. If they're going to really believe what we're saying with our mouth, we're going to have to walk it. And even if, let me show you this verse, Psalm 15. Even if it hurts us, even if it ruins our situation, just like Micaiah, who said, I don't care what you say or what you do. I'm going to tell you the truth, whether you throw me in prison or not. Psalm 15, it says, Lord, who shall abide in thy tabernacle? Who shall dwell in thy holy hill? He that walketh uprightly. I'm talking about walking. The thing about walking is it's a daily thing. You don't run every day, but you do walk every day. He that walketh uprightly and worketh righteousness and, re- and speaketh the truth in his heart. He that backbiteth not with his tongue nor doeth evil to his neighbor nor taketh up a reproach against his neighbor in whose eyes a vile person is contemned. But he honoreth them that fear the Lord. And then notice the last of verse 4. He that sweareth to his own hurt and changeth not. That's an, an, a man of integrity. That's a man who has integrity. He swears to his own hurt and changes not. A hireling says, whoa, things are changing. Looks like things are going to be, I'm not popular anymore. Things are, I better check out and go find another place to be a pastor. Whoa, I can tell that Ahab wants me to say a certain thing. I better say it. You got to walk the walk if you're going to talk the talk. We've got to walk in truth. Let's speak truth in love, but let's walk it every day of our lives. Let's pray. Lord, we-